Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. You're listening to The Extra Point Show with sneaky Joe DiBiase on WGR Sports Radio 550. Josh informing me as we get rolling here that uh, Canada has tied it 2-2 in the World Juniors. What channel we got on in there? You got the game on in there? Yeah, it's on NHL Network. All right, I'll find that while I'm uh, setting was, up the show here for everybody. It was 2-1, like, when you, or it was 2 nothing when you brought it up that it was 2 nothing like, what, 15 minutes that ago? That was, yeah, not that long. That was like 10 minutes ago, over real time. Um, the World Juniors. I don't know, I'm just... I'll throw it on. I'll be interested in it. I love international hockey. That's why I love the World Juniors every year. We The, the NHL, it's the, it's the number one failure of Gary Bettman as NHL commissioner that he's basically killed professional international hockey. He mentioned international hockey coming back yesterday at the World Class yeah. or on the Winter Classic. I don't believe it when I see it. With, I don't with, know. With Gary. He mentioned it on the intermission of like, you know, wanting to bring it back or something. I don't know. It was very quick. All right. Well. McDavid will be 30 by the time he suits up for Team Canada for the first time. Uh, the World Juniors, though, like even though I love international hockey, I just don't get fired up for it like I used to, and I think it's pretty much the state of the Sabres. And I do think, man, sports are drying up. Like, tonight, there's really nothing. And I am very scared of where it could get for me personally in a matter of a week. Because the Sabres have been so depressing this season that it's not fun to watch other NHL games for me because the scoreboard watching element of that is completely dead, right? Like, maybe they can get us back into that, but for now, it's not fun. And the World Juniors, not as fun as they used to be because... Oh, look, Noah Oslund, the Sabres' first-round pick from a couple years ago, lighting it up for Sweden, and Matthew Savoy, and oh, cool. But I've done this a hundred times. You know what I mean? Like, It's hard to believe in the future every year when it never ends up working. <laughs> like, So it's not fair to those guys, but it's hard to not feel that way. So then you're not as invested in the World Juniors as you might want to be. I'm still watching it. I'm still enjoying the sport itself. But it is nice to watch good hockey, too. Th- like, that's true. Like fun, fast-paced hockey. Yeah, but it doesn't give you that extra exhilaration that it would otherwise. And the playoffs in the NFL, 
I don't think we're going to get to this point with the Bills. The Bills are going to be the saving grace of this, right? Like They're going to be the ones, for me personally, that save the day. Because there is an outcome if Pittsburgh wins, Jacksonville wins, and the Bills lose, where the Bills season is over, we're all mad, and I'm not going to want to watch I'm not going to want to watch the playoffs. I will. I'm sure I'll get over it in the matter of like 48 hours if, if a travesty happens this weekend. But you might not want to watch the football playoffs as much because it'll make you think about the way the Bills season ended. Again, I don't think that's going to happen. I think the Bills are going to get in. I think the Bills are going to win the division. I think they're going to win on Sunday against Miami. 803-0550 is the phone number. And the win over the Patriots on the table for you on from Sunday, but a lot of looking ahead to Miami. I want to get into Von Miller a little bit. We didn't get to him on the uh, on the morning show, so we'll do that over the next two hours. I've got my Tuesday tiers coming up at 11 o'clock as well. And again, plenty of time for your phone calls. Me and you, 803-0550. Pick up the phone. We'll get you right on. And my confidence level is really high. Really high on Sunday. And it goes for, you know, both sides, but it might be more for me about the state that the Dolphins are in than confidence in the Bills. The Bills have had two games in a row where they've left the result within the margin of stupidity, as I call it, where, hey, the game is one bounce away from being just a total disaster. And that Patriot game, they were hanging around even after the Bills took the lead. The kickoff at the beginning, the Bills get ahead, and then New England was always like one really good drive away from putting the Bills in a bad spot. And the Charger game was similar the week before where you kind of had to scramble to get back into it, and it was Easton Stick. Easton Stick and Bailey Zappi. Those two quarterbacks, those two teams, should not have caused the Bills as many problems as they did. But... The Bills all year have been that team where they have their best games against the best teams, which I guess if that's going to hold true from now on, that's a good thing because they don't play any more bad teams. The The bad team portion of their schedule for the season is over. And how do they do? How do they do winning games that they should win? Because that is the sole reason why they are still at risk. Even if it's a small risk, they're at risk of missing the postseason. They should have beat Zach Wilson in week one. They didn't. They should have beat the Raiders and the Commanders by a lot. They did. All right, two for three. They should have smoked the Giants with Tyrod Taylor. And it was a close game that came down to a referee decision at the end of the game. Not good. They should have rolled New England and Foxborough. They couldn't score points at that point in time. Mac Jones was a shell of himself, and they lost that football game. Horrible. They should have rolled Tampa. They won that game early. They almost blew it at the end. They should have beat Denver. They lost 12 men on the field. Now, they should have also beat the Jets badly, and they did. So really... Then the Chargers and the Patriots, close games, you should have done a lot better. That is, we're talking about like eight games, eight or nine games here, where you should have done really well. And 
three of them, you could say they really met the bar of what was expected of them, where they really looked like they were far and away a cut above. They've made up for it to some degree with having their best moments against the best teams. The Bills beating Dallas the way they did, beating Kansas City at Arrowhead, even if that was close, and... You know, they lost to Philadelphia, but they, I thought, played well in that game. They should have won it. They rolled Miami. This week's opponent, they torched in week four when Miami had a lot more of their guys than they have right now. Now, the Bills were healthy too then, so injury didn't play as big of a part in that game as it has in others. They didn't have Jalen Ramsey in that game, but they did have Xavier Howard. Well, this game that's flip-flopped, where it looks like Howard's not going to play, but Ramsey, of course, is healthy now. So, here comes Miami, and that's one of the one of your best moments of the season. 48-20. to 48-20. And they walk into a game without Howard, without Bradley Chubb, without... Jalen Phillips, possibly without Jalen Waddle, possibly without Raheem Mostert. I mean, that is a significant portion of their core group of players that are either out or at risk of being out. And if they play, they, you could think that they're playing through something. Meanwhile, the Bills are maybe at their healthiest point they've been since that game against Miami early in the season. Here's why, though, I'm really confident. I mean, there's two reasons why I'm really confident the Bills will win on Sunday against the Dolphins. One is what I just went through. Injury-wise, Miami has a lot. I even mentioned Tyree Kill's been playing a little bit hobbled with an ankle injury. Miami's got a ton of injuries, and they are not at their full form. Two, the Bills never get beat in a bad way. They never lose by more than, I mean, this season, the most that the Bills have lost a game by is six against the Jets in week one in an overtime game where you don't get a chance. They were tied at regulation. So how about this? Let me let me change that. Let me change the question. The most the Bills have lost by in regulation, because overtime, you know, makes it a little weird. Is still six, actually. It's Cincinnati. They lost by six at the Bengals. The Bills never get destroyed. And in games like that, Jacksonville, Tampa, even if they win it, right, like Tampa, Denver, Philadelphia, the Jet game, a lot of these losses, you probably deserve to lose a few of them, but hey, you're a bounce away from things going in your direction. But the Bills do not get beat bad. Miami does. When I look at this game on Sunday, I see there being two real possible outcomes. And this is why I think the Bills are going to win it. Because of the two outcomes, one of them is it's a real, and this is probably the most likely, it's a really close football game. And it's going to be decided on either a weird bounce or a special teams play or a turnover or on who gets the ball last. Clock management. You know, it it's, it comes down to 
something other than the quality of the product. The Bills and Dolphins are just evenly matched, and the game gets decided on either you know some coaching decision or something smaller like that. Close game could go either way. A bounce here or there. That's one way it could go. And the Bills win that game, what, 50% of the time, 45% of the time, whatever. The alternative for me, the only other real alternative, is the Bills destroy the Dolphins. Because they've already done that this year, and Miami has that happen to them all the time. Going back to last season, this incarnation of the Dolphins, that happens to them. The the Dolphins just lost by 30 points to, to Baltimore. And they lost by 28 earlier in the season against the Bills. That's two games this season, this season, where Miami has lost by four scores or more. The Bills have not lost by four scores or more in five years. The Dolphins this year, I, I don't... They look... <laughs> You look at some of their performances against good teams and think, well, they were in it early and they just let it get away from them. But, hey, the numbers are, at the end of the day, what the numbers are. The Dolphins against teams that are going to be in playoff spots, they're 1-4 with a minus 84-point differential. That's not even, to me, the most alarming stat, though. They average 18 points a game when they play playoff teams. And that, to me, is the worrisome thing if I'm the Dolphins. I made this point about the Bills earlier in the year when they had one of the best point differentials in football, but a lot of it for me was, well, congratulations. Why do you have such a good point differential? Because you beat a bad Raiders team by 28, and you beat a bad Commanders team by 34. Congrats on beating up the bad teams. Miami, kind of the same. Why does Miami have such a good point differential on the season? Why do they have the record they do? It's not to take all credit away from them, but it's factual. They are ahead in the division going into the final week because they don't misstep against the bad teams, but they do roll the bad teams. I don't even know that I've ever seen a team have it be this perfect where or this stark where they beat everyone they should and they lose to everybody they should lose to. Whenever you go into a, you will the schedule will come out in what May, and you'll hear us pick that schedule for for the Bills. And what will you always hear before you do that? Rem- we we want to remind you. We everyone knows you you play a season out, and you know a couple of these games that you think they should win, they'll lose, and a couple of these games you think they should lose, they'll win. Except for Miami. Miami pretty much win, pretty much, they beat Dallas, but they pretty much win the games you think they're going to win, and they lose the games you think they're going to lose. And to a stark degree, where, again, minus 81 against the good teams. It's horrible. It's one of the worst in the league. Versus, they have the best point differential against bad teams. Well, this is a good team they're playing. I don't know if the Bills are at their peak form. I don't think they are. Offensively, they have struggled for two weeks in a row. But I have two reasons to be confident about this game. One, the Bills are healthier. And two, the Bills don't get beat of the possible outcomes 
I think more of them go the Bills' way. If someone's getting smoked in this game, it's going to be Miami. Because they've shown you multiple times that that can happen to them. We're at a point in the season now where you're only going to play playoff caliber football teams. And it's not close. Of the two teams this season, the Bills have proven to be more able against the great teams than Miami has. So in a big spot, two great teams, I'm not going to be stunned if the Dolphins win. But I'd be picking the Bills. 8030550 is the phone number. Let's go to Brian in New Jersey. Hey, Brian. Hey, how you doing? Morning, good. I want I wanted to get your take on uh, there was a, it was I think it was fourth and one in the fourth quarter. There's about eleven minutes left. We were up by thirteen, and we punted. You know, we were on our side of the field about the forty-two or forty-three, but we had an opportunity. You know, we had picked up those those small yardage first downs, and we had an opportunity to put the game away and go up by three scores. And they came back and scored, and, and we're only up by six. And it seems like we consistently play not to lose instead of playing to win. And I just I don't think we have that that kind of killer attitude. You know, like in the Philadelphia game in overtime when we lost the coin toss and their player, you can hear him say, he's like, doesn't matter. Like, we don't have that edge. And I just want to get your take on that, uh, on that decision not to go for it. I mean, I get pinning them deep. Your defense is playing well, but – it's it just didn't you know it doesn't seem like we have that edge. Do you remember what what when in the game was this? This uh, was in the eleven minutes. Eleven minutes left. Okay. Maybe we were driving. We stalled around our own yep. forty two, forty three. It was fourth, and I believe one. Josh had already scored two touchdowns. You know, with the the tush yeah. push, and we just didn't go for it. Yeah. We don't, and I, you know, if your defense is playing so well, then they can stop them at our own forty five. You know, it just seems yeah. like we consistently play not to lose instead of playing to win. Thanks, Brian. I mean, that is one concern I have about this game on Sunday is, yeah, when it comes down to a decision like that, do I have a coach that's going to make the right call? And in that spot, it's pretty debatable. Fourth and six, you're at your own 44. You know... I had, I even labeled it as a hot take on Twitter during the game that, you know, probably made me look a little dumb after it, after you saw the, saw the result immediately after, but thought I was coming from a good place on it. It was third and five at the Bills' own 45. There are seven minutes left on the clock and Allen fumbles. And the ball, this is some fumble luck here. There's like three Patriots in the area, and it bounces right to Osiris Torrance, and he's and he recovers it. So now I got fourth and six with 6.40 to go. And I've seen the story too often this year where it comes down to the defense to make a stop, and the clock doesn't work their way, and they end up losing in a dumb way. Well, in that spot, wasn't feeling that confident. The Patriots had just scored a touchdown. Um, the Bills had punted the drive before. Here they were about to get a fourth down again. And I did wonder, like, would it be better for the Bills here if they had not recovered the fumble? Because New England needs a touchdown no matter what. And if they're going to score, and that's a big if, but if they're going to score, if you knew they were going to score, you'd rather... They start from the Bills' 45 
then start from their own five. Because what I was nervous about, was worried about, was New England was going to run the ball on the Bills, they were going to bleed the clock, and Allen wasn't going to get the ball back. The game was going to come down to, can you make a stop? And a lot of times this year, that hasn't happened. Not every time, but a lot of times. Basically, it was guaranteeing Allen would get the ball back. And that's why, you know, if it were Madden, it's not, but if it were Madden, I probably would have gone for it. Because I want to make sure, I want to lock in that my quarterback is getting the ball back. I'm still trusting my defense. I'm showing faith in my defense that, hey, I think you can go defend a short field against Bailey Zappi. I think you can stop them from scoring a touchdown. I don't need to give you the perfect scenario where you get 95 yards to defend. I think you could do it from 40. I'm showing trust in the defense there. But it more so would have been for me if I don't get it, I know Allen's getting the ball back because New England's not taking seven minutes from 40 yards out. So you could have gone either way. All that being said, I am not surprised in the slightest that Sean McDermott punted that football. In fact, I don't even think the analytics supported going for it. I think they were they were they wanted you to punt that. Um, so I I think there are plenty of moments that are worthy of criticizing Sean McDermott for fourth down decision makings. And really, in fact, maybe maybe the caller did I mishear him? Is he referencing the one before that? Because the Bills, where they really should have gone for it, fourth and one from the thirty-seven, their own thirty-seven. I know it's tough, your own side of the field, but QB sneak, QB sneak, man, it's automatic. It's like 98%. Just do that. Any fourth and one you get, I don't care where you are in the field, you're going to get it 98 times out of 100. So, and again, maybe I misheard the caller. He was referencing that one. That's the one where they really should have gone for it. 8030550 is the phone number. Bills and Dolphins on Sunday. Got a thought on the Sabres to get to as well. Um, and I want to talk about Vaughn when we come back because he's a healthy scratch, and I do believe that the uh, the future for Vaughn Miller is completely up to the National Football League as to whether he'll be a bill or not, and I'll explain that in a little bit. One more call before we hit a break. Let's get connected with our fans. Go to Steve in Virginia. Hey, Steve. Hey, how you doing today? Morning, good. Hey, just had a couple of questions regarding uh, the running backs. Um, most in particular is with Latavius Murray because um, it's pretty obvious when he's on there for third down that they're going past him, that he's in there strictly for blocking. So that's like one thing regarding him. But I know it's between him and Cook that they've been dropping um, passes. Like it seems like I don't know, like a, either 50-50 regarding them catching. So my questions are, should um, – what do you call it, Leonard Fournette be in there, and should they be using Fournette and you know Ty Johnson more receiving compared to Murray and Cook? I think for sure with Murray, Cook. I'm you know Cook. I think you just got to keep running out there. He's had some drop problems. Another drop in this game on a screen pass where, you know, the broadcast didn't think he was going to go anywhere where he would have cut up the middle. But I thought he had some room. I thought he could have made something work there. Um, but Cook's had some drop problems. Murray has had drop problems. The difference is Cook is dangerous with the ball in his hands. If he's going to have some drop problems, it's still worth it to throw him the football. Because if you've got to eat some mistakes, you're still going to come out ahead because of what he's going to be able to do. Murray, 
I just don't get it. He's never, ever been a receiving back in his entire career. And, yeah, he's in those situations because he can block. And I would much rather see Ty Johnson or Leonard Fournette. I'm at a point now where, listen, Fournette is not dangerous with the ball in his hands by any means, but I'm much more trustworthy in his hands right now than Murray. So, and short yardage. Murray, on that fourth and one we just talked about, it's because he got held up at the line. I almost wonder if big backs just really are kind of not the right type of back to use in those situations anymore because Murray is so big and he stands up straight that if I'm a defender, that guy's easy to stop for one yard because I can get a hold of him so much easier than I can get a hold of Cook or Ty Johnson. Johnson can step around me if I'm a lineman. If if I'm a lineman and here comes Latavius Murray, I can grab him with ease because of how big and how straight up he is. So I'm ready to see Murray, you know, start to be talked about as a healthy scratch in favor of Fournette, and then they use Ty Johnson as the number two. That's how I'd like to see him do it. Eight hundred three five fifty is the phone number. What else to get to? Von Miller, your phone calls, Sabers. Tuesday tears. All ahead. Extra point show. Stay tuned. This is WGR. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.